Welcome to take three of the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. It's our 11th podcast, uh, 11th consecutive day to podcast. 31 things to teach your kids in 31 days in the month of May. And we're having a hard time getting this one off the ground. So this is take three. So I keep saying dumb stuff. I'm really trying hard not to say dumb stuff right now. But that's all I... It's a uh, struggle. Every day for me. (laughs) Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Yeah. You really find out what your pastor's like when he podcasts for 31 days in a row with his wife. Yeah, one of our church members said, man, I'm learning so much about y'all. And I told Chad... Probably uh, not good. I hope she's not learning that she doesn't actually yeah. like us. Yeah, I'm learning that y'all are total idiots. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh man. So yeah, we're gonna do a Friday night podcast. We actually, I guess we did this last Friday night. If we've gone more than seven days, that's true. I don't remember last Friday's podcast. I don't have any idea what it was about. I don't either. But this is a big night. It's our 60th episode. Yeah, so we've done 60, and uh, so we're trying to just plow right through here with what has become a nightly program. Yeah. And if you just kind of make it a habit to do it, you get it done. How many How many consecutive days do you need to do something to form a habit? 30 days. So does that mean that after this, once we start podcasting every night, we'll podcast every night? I don't think we have enough to say to do that. And I don't, and I don't think we're sleeping enough. <laughs> and we're certainly not getting to watch TV. Yeah, we're like, let's, I, let's put it this way. As soon as one of our shows comes back on Masterpiece Theater, we're back on front of the television. <laughs> Podcast night's over. Little Women is about to start. That's yeah, going to be nice. Yeah. I need a good period um, soap opera. Yeah. I love the costuming. I do you know too. what? I love, I love the beautiful, beautiful cinematography. You know, today I was visiting with our one-act play director for oh, yeah. high school. Lori Cox, shout out. And there was a school that did Little Women at the State UIL. Shut up. And she showed no. me, listen. She, Shut up. <laughs> would you quit? She Little show- <laughs> Women. Shut, no way. What did she do? Are you done? She did what did she do? You were, you were saying something, and I was shocked. She showed they me. They did Little Women at the state. You're, so what you're telling me is that they could have picked any play, yeah. with if as long as it was approved by the state, and it was not obscene according to local community standards, and they chose Little Women. They chose Little Shut Women. Shut up. <laughs> no, they didn't. It's true. I don't know anything about Little Women, except they're really small. I don't know how you could get the story of Little Women into a 40-minute one-eye play. Well, they're just tiny little women. (laughs) It's like, you know, here's the story. They're women. They're little. (laughs) I got it. So did they have to use a smaller cast to be Little Women? Okay. Let me tell you what I was going to say is that Lori, Lori showed me a picture from the day of the play, and they all had on these gorgeous, big, long dresses, mm-hmm. and they were so big, and they were all homemade by people in their in their hometown. Wow! 
And they were so big that these girls were lining both sides of the hallway backstage, and there was not even room to walk in between the dresses. So they have little women in big dresses. That's the thing. That's the the plot. (laughs) It's like to see how big a dress they can get on. You should be ashamed that you don't know the plot of Little Women. I do not know the plot of Little Women. I don't read that kind of stuff. I just watch it on TV. You're going to cry so many tears when we watch this. Is it sad? Yes. Do people die of tuberculosis? Can't tell you. Okay, because that's what always happens. I love the shows where the people start coughing up blood. When somebody starts coughing, you know, oh, they're they're a goner. It's over. (laughs) You know? Unless they can get out to Phoenix or something. Get to France. They're dying. Yeah. Wow. So that was, uh, I don't know. How how did we get on Little Women? We were talking about how when our shows come back on. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're done. Because I've got to figure out what this is about. Because I don't know how they're going to get those tiny people into those big dresses. (laughs) I want to see what that's all about. You're an English major. Yeah, but that's, Little Women is, is, uh, uh, what do they call that? Pulp Fiction. That was, that was like a. Just cheap entertainment. That was like Friends back then. <laughs> I was into real literature. So was uh, Wuthering Heights, and you love that. Oh, Don't get me started on that. I'm going to cry. <laughs> that Heathcliff. I know. What a character. What a character. And it was and it was like uh, not considered to be good literature, right? No. At the time. Yeah. And still not. Why, why is it bad? I don't know. The, who, who, the... who wrote Wuthering Heights? Um, one of the Brontes. One of those girls. There's yeah. there's a neat movie about the Bronte sisters. Yeah. I loved that movie. Yeah. But so one of the sisters wrote the Wuthering Heights, but she wasn't the main one. Yeah. Did, did one of them write Little Women? No. Okay. I said I don't know. Louisa May Alcott. Oh, Louisa wrote, May Alcott. Wrote Little Women. That name sounds really familiar to me. What what else did she do? Was she the one that had the Ma and the Pa? Wait, no, hold on. That's Laura Ingalls Wilder. See, it's three names. So. <laughs> That was a big deal, and that's kind of like a big deal in Christian music, too, like Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah. So it's kind of a crossover there. Making connections. Yeah, just kind of like, okay, in my mind. You're building neurons in the brain yeah, right now. Yeah, but they used, to give the, they used to give the Louisa May Alcott Award, right? Yeah. For the children's books? Yeah. That's what it was called? Or was that the Caldecott? That, oh, yeah, Caldecott. <laughs> <laughs> The Louise, but still a cot. Alcott, Caldecott. I wonder but, if Louisa May Alcott ever won a Caldecott. <laughs> I don't think they had it back then. I think the Caldecott, is that for picture books? <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. I like those picture, picture books. books. Yeah. Okay, this, this one's a Caldecott award. I have to I? say that um, this podcast is spiraling downward at a very, <laughs> very rapid pace right now. Okay, so let's stop talking about, you know, British chick flicks books. Okay. And let's move on to our exciting topic so we can shut this podcast down at a reasonable hour. Okay, let's do it. And enjoy our Friday night, maybe pop some corn. And tonight's topic is fun. Yeah. Last night's was a little heavy. Teach your children to pray. Tonight is fun. Now I'm feeling good tonight. I'm feeling full of catfish. Are you? I am. Yeah. I had the all-you-can-eat catfish at the Only Cafe tonight with some onion rings and some french fries. That was not on my diet. That was way off my diet. Yeah. But it's Friday night. It was time to celebrate. Friday night fish. And we made it all the way through another night. So uh, another week. And so I thought, I saw that special hanging there on the whiteboard. 
all you can eat catfish and frog legs. And I thought, you know, I'm going to pass on the frog legs because I don't like them. It's like eating rubbery chicken. Have you ever noticed that? I've never had frog legs. Well, it's basically the, the hardest part about eating frog legs is getting over the fact that you're eating a frog's leg. Yeah. Who need, like, I that's would think all, so. Yeah, only witches need to do stuff like that. I have you newt. Know. Leg of toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you bite into that and you think, why did I, why? There's yeah. chickens. There's yeah. fish. No one needs to eat a frog. Yeah, that seems a little. Yeah, frogs eat, need extreme. to eat need to eat mosquitoes. Um, so you know that thing of how your grandpa used to say, "Your eyes are bigger than your stomach." Mm-hmm. So you know, don't put too much on your plate because right. your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Well, okay. I had tonight. I had that. It had it happen. Tonight, that your stomach my was stomach bigger. was bigger than was, my eyes. Girl. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, give me that. Uh, give me that all-you-can-eat catfish. And Melissa said, you know, you know, can I just get, you know, the smaller person? And she was like, I'll give you the, uh, the senior adult plate. She was like, wait a minute. I'm not a senior. I'll give you the kid portion. Well, anyway, so she's sitting there with her senior adult plate uh, eating that. And, uh, you know, I'm working on all, I've got a whole bunch of catfish on my plate and I'm about to get another plate full of it. Melissa says, I wish I had more. And that's when I had the idea. <laughs> Let's see if we can turn that senior adult catfish plate into an all-you-can-eat. And you did it, didn't you? You have a way of making dreams come true. Yeah. Well, it's the little things. I mean, I can't. I can't get. I, I, I can't. I can't give you the moon, Mary. <laughs> you want. You want the. You want. You want the catfish special. <laughs> well, well, I'll, get, I'll get that waitress over here, Mary. We'll just lasso that lady, and we'll bring her over here and say, "How about a how about a big glass of sweet tea, <laughs> or unsweet because my wife hates sweet tea." <laughs> I tell you what, can you get some more of those wonderful golden catfish fillets? Yeah, it felt like an "It's a Wonderful Life" moment. Yeah, I looked down there at the table, you know, and saw your happy face. And I thought, this is the greatest night. We're here at the little town cafe and all the, you know, the cowboy guys are paying up, walking out, waving goodbye to everybody. Saw the, one of the other ministers in town. Yeah, it was a real small town night. Hometown Friday night. Hometown Friday night. Small town. (laughs) Friday. What was it? What's the name of that song? Something about that's not like right. Small town. Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah, but it's Friday. Hank Ketchum. Well, you yeah, need to save was, that one for tomorrow. It was like small town Friday no, night. It's Saturday. Yeah, but tonight was not Saturday. So oh. like small town Friday night. Got my catfish plate. Now I'm feeling like I ate too much carbs. That's the second verse. <laughs> that's what it does. They only play that one in their live shows. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, help him write that. So then I ate a lot more catfish. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, why did I do that? They were kind of catfish nuggets. Did you think that? What was on the the child's plate? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to call it a senior plate. Right. They were little pieces. So you needed more. Because the guy thought it was a kid. I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> so you should have told him. Yeah. So we turned that sucker into all you can eat. 
But you know, she was so sweet. It was a girl from our church who was our waitress. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, can I turn this into an all-you-can-eat? Which, you know, the child's plate was $5 and all-you-can-eat was 11 And she said, yeah, but... We're going to have to charge you extra money. Hey, you took my punchline. Oh, sorry. I I can't stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) So what did she say? What did she say? Uh, Anyway, she was felt really bad. I mean, I intended for us to bump it up to the <laughs> yeah. all-you-can-eat price. So she thought like I was those, asking for... Those Edgingtons <laughs> think they're so entitled. <laughs> I think they can get an all-you-can-eat kid's plate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the Edgington children did not understand the concept of all-you-can-eat. They didn't. They could, They just. They were like, why can't we have some of that catfish? They keep bringing it. You can't eat all that. Yeah. So... We it was to, a life lesson. We're having to so, so there you go. There's another 31 for 30 bonus. When you're out to eat at an all you can eat buffet, don't give your kids the all you can eat plate food if you didn't buy that for them. <laughs> Is that the way you would say that? That's it's, all that's it's all unethical I, to share all you can eat food. Yeah, we were talking about the morality and ethics of, of all you can eat plate. And uh you know, it's sort of like free refills on a drink. I don't think you should be sharing a drink if at a restaurant refills, if they're free yeah. refills because you need to buy the drink. I know sometimes you, uh, you know, people don't think, well, it's not that big a deal. But you're basically just teaching your kids to steal. And that's always a bad thing to teach them. Because if you let them steal from the cafe a few catfish fillets... Next thing you know, when they want money, they'll come rifling through your purse. Mark my words. Starts so simple. Can I have some of that catfish? Sure. No one's watching. Next thing you know, a 20's gone. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're strung it on meth. Next thing you know, you're at the funeral home picking out caskets. Now, why didn't you just buy them the all-you-can-eat catfish plate? <laughs> Luckily, we don't ever have money in our purse or wallet. So. Yeah. Our kids are like, there's nothing there. Yeah. All, I tell them all of our money's invisible and it's all a huge fiction. Like, you never really see the money. That's true. No one sees the money. You, so I, I, I get paid and then I give all this money to people who never see the money. It's, just, it's all just a big math. It's just a big spreadsheet. Yeah. The whole world is a big spreadsheet. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with money, and a lot of it's just hatred. <laughs> and I'm trying to bring love to that spreadsheet. I'm trying to fill up all those squares. You're so good. With love. I don't think I'm that good. <laughs> but that's my mission. Okay, so tonight, teach your kids how to ride, ride roller coasters. Now, I've really... I would say I'm both a success and a failure at this one, wouldn't you? I think you've had a lot of failures, lot but of failure. overall it's been a success. Yeah, I'm failing with one of them right now. But Are it, you talking about the six-year-old? Yeah. Well, she's I, six. But she really hates roller coasters. Because we took her on a loop-de-loop roller coaster when she was five, which was dumb. What were we thinking? It was so weird because we were both just like, how is she big enough to ride this? <laughs> she and, then wasn't. We, and then we put her on it. Yeah. 
So apparently every year, many children are hurt on roller coasters. So the first thing I would say is... Is that true? Yeah. Says the, who? Says Google. So the, the the main thing is thousands of kids actually get injured in roller coaster accidents. Not because they, the roller coaster malfunctions, but because they just they get thrown around too much. They're jostled. Okay, well, why would you say that? On a podcast when you're trying to convince people to teach I, their Because I want to say, you know, because I felt that way when we had enrolled on the loop-de-loop that I took around. It did kind of scare me, too, because she wasn't leaning back properly. And whenever that thing went on the loop, the first loop, it just basically threw her body down, the, the gravity of it, and she couldn't raise her head up. So what I would say is if you've got a little one, don't tr- – even if they're tall enough, maybe – can barely ride it. I'm going to give you a good piece of advice here. If you want your kids to really get on a roller coaster and enjoy it at some point, don't try to put a five-year-old on a roller coaster that goes upside down or that is really, really fast. Like stick to the smaller coasters. So that's my first piece of advice. If I was going to, if I was going to do it all over again, and I'm, you know, kind of one of those kings of the roller coasters, I would say uh, don't start them too young. But there's an age where they can try one. Maybe it's seven, eight, something somewhere around there, six, seven, eight, maybe to get them on a roller coaster. That's beyond a kiddie ride. Right. Right. All right. So don't do anything you think is going to get a minute. Use your best parental judgment, which I don't always use, but I, I try and say, eh, that's a little too big. I don't think I'd put them on that one. But whenever you, whenever you think, okay, for example, our context and most of our listeners are, well, we have a lot of listeners in Texas, uh, we have a big wooden roller coaster at our Six Flags theme park in Arlington, Texas, which is a big white wooden roller coaster. And it is torture. I hate it. It's about... And I love roller coasters. It was it debuted sometime in the early 80s. And it was... I don't remember it being bad in the 80s, do you? Like when you were a kid, didn't you love that ride? Yeah, I don't remember it's hating it. It's called the Judge Roy Scream. Uh, kind of a play on words for a... Uh, Judge Roy Bean. Anyway, uh, that was a really nice ride a long time ago. Now it is it it right now it makes your brain feel like it's being thrown around in your in your skull. Do you, don't you agree? Yeah. It's so rattly. Yeah. I f- I feel so rattled when I when I get done with that ride. Anyway, Sawyer wanted to ride it and he liked it because you know. It's, a, it's it's kind of a big ride, but it's not real scary. It's pretty tame. It's pretty tame. So he kept saying, I want to ride that again. I want to ride that again. Now, this is probably about two years ago now, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And he's, what, eight at that point? Been, has been terrified of roller coasters. I said, all right, dude, I'm going to tell you something. There is a ride that is better than this one. It's longer. It's it's uh, taller. It has a steeper drop. Um, it's the Texas Giant, which is like the biggest one of the biggest wooden roller coasters in the world and it's just you know like 200 yards over from where we are i don't i can't do it daddy i can't do it now this is how you get your kid on the ride when you think it's time i'm going to give you my secret you think it's a good secret about bribing them yes yeah sometimes it's good for a bribe and you don't you know you don't even have to fall through with it you're the parent so <laughs> cuz they shouldn't take bribes anyway it's illegal so <laughs> <laughs> so that's another life lesson. After you've given a bribe and they try to collect, you're like, wait a minute, dude, this black, you, you, you were working off the blackmail system? You should have known better than that. 
not going to give you $25. You, you gave him his money. I'm sure I did. I'm okay, sure. so tell him what you did. You're going to spend $25 on him anyway. So what you might as well do is say, hey, if you ride this sucker, I'll give you $25. That's a lot of money to a kid. It should be. And, man, he took, he took me up on the deal. And he was scared. He was wondering, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? We got off that ride. And he said, that's the most fun I've ever had in my life. Can we ride it again? I don't know if we rode it again. I think we did. We caught up with you guys. He tells his older sister, who's, been a, who's ridden it one time. See, that was one of my failures, is I put Adelaide on that ride when she was too young. Yeah. And uh, he said that was the greatest thing. And he was proud of himself because he'd ridden it, and he wasn't scared of it, and she was scared of it. Well, maybe that's what you need to do. Get the younger one t- to ride it. Yeah, to motivate everyone else. And it motivates the other kids to get on the roller coaster ride. And then they're your they're your advocate to get the kids on the ride. Yeah. And so they now they're just daredevils. Because once you get it's sort of a life lesson. Once you can get over that first fear of of doing something new, then the, it's almost like the other dominoes just all fall. Right. You know, whenever you're scared of something and you conquer a fear and you teach kids to conquer a fear, everything just kind of falls into place. So, I, you know, now it's a lot of fun um, to go to Six Flags with them because they'll ride stuff I'm scared of. And then I have to ride it. Yeah. Because I'm not going to let them be, you know, braver than their dad. Well, it has really been, um, it's been so much fun to go to Six Flags with them since they started writing everything because they enjoy it so much more. And I think it's important for kids to face fears. Um, You know, Chad, you know, dads and moms are different. Dads are much more likely to push their kids to do things, whereas moms would be more likely to say, oh, he's afraid, don't make him get on that, or Mm -hmm. let's not, which Chad doesn't make anybody get on rides. But... um, he really was encouraging it for a long time before they were brave enough to do it. Um, and it really gives kids confidence. And now they are so proud of the fact that they ride everything in the park. Yeah. And, you know, whenever now they're getting old enough to where there are going to be school trips and church trips, you know, to Six Flags. And they will get on things that high schoolers are afraid to ride. Mm-hmm. And they are so proud of themselves. Yeah. We took, I took Sawyer along. We had a youth trip to Six Flags over spring break. And Sawyer went with us. Did you go with us on that? No. No, you didn't go with us. Uh, so I had the, the, the two kids, our oldest two, and they went up there. And there, like I say, there were there there were kids there that were amazed by Sawyer's. You know, he's ten. They were amazed that he would ride the the scariest ones. Like he's he's he may be just tall enough to ride some of them. Yeah. And he gets on them, and he just loves it. And he used to be the one cowering and afraid, and you know, and, but now he just is. He's just like, well, you've got to you've got to ride it because it's fun. You yeah. Know? And so that's been really good. Now, so that's, I would say, teach your kids to ride roller coasters. It's a mental game. I mean, you got to work all your child psychology on them. you got to really be sensitive to your own child. But you're the best one to teach them to ride a roller coaster. You're the best one to get them on there and show them they're going to enjoy it. 
uh, unless you're deathly afraid of roller coasters. And then you then you need to go, come to Texas, and we'll take you to Six Flags, and I'll work all that psychological mumbo-jumbo on you, and you'll be on the biggest <laughs> roller coaster in the park, and you'll be loving it because I am like a roller coaster um, person whisperer. Is that what you what <laughs> Roller coaster whisperer. I'm a roller coaster whisperer. Yeah. I'll get you on it. I'll yeah. shame you. I'll encourage you. I'll make fun of you. But riding roller coasters is... I mean, developing I'm, a love for riding roller coasters, Yeah, that will last you a long time in life. R- and Chad right. and I, sometimes we go to Six Flags and we leave the kids at home. <laughs> and we just go ride roller coasters over and over <laughs> again. And it's really fun. Fun, yeah. Something to do. But, so. you know, if, if, if you're not a family that is going to go to a theme park or is not into roller coasters, the lesson would apply to lots of other areas of life. Just in pushing your kids a little bit and not just accepting it whenever they say they're afraid to do something. Because if they don't try anything that they're afraid to try, then they never get that feeling of being proud of conquering a fear. Mm-hmm. And conquering fear is a really important part, I think, of, of self-actualizing and growing up. Right. And that's um, you know, also one of those things about when you're you know, thinking about... Uh, raising a person and you're thinking about the tone that you set for your family. And I would say this would apply, especially spiritually. Uh, You know, life is sort of like a roller coaster in many ways. I mean, there's ups and downs and twists and turns and, and it's sort of the way we face life. It's sort of the way we, like a theme park is like a microcosm of our, of our world. Um, there's things we're going to do. There's things we have to do. Like, you've got to find a bathroom for me right now. There's those kind of things. I am starving. And when we're at a theme park, I am not in eat mode. I'm like, we got eight hours here before this sucker closes down. I've got the map out. I've got a pen. I'm crossing stuff off. Like, if you come, you, I would, I would say we should have a, your mom has a blog six day part, uh, six flags party day. We should. Where we all show up at six flags. That would be fun. Let's do that this summer. Well, one of these days we're going to go. Let's have a Your Mom Has a Blog meetup. Okay. And that way, you know, if, if people are kind of weird or people who wouldn't want to hang out with, they <laughs> probably won't be able to get into Six Flags. Because <laughs> they'll have like a metal detector and, you hey, know, wait, you the know, security there built in. You know Kyle and Jill Edgington will come. Kyle and Jill can come. We'll have a big, we'll have a big Your Mom, we'll all ride the rides together. Yes. And I can get you on a coaster if you're afraid. And, uh, you know, we'll wait in line together and talk and chat. You know, that'll be fun. That would be fun. It'll be like a podcast, but it'll be real life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like hanging out with us. Who's in, who's in, who's in for the Six Flags party? Your mom has a blog day. Me. I'm, I'm totally in for that. And, and you know what would be great? Even if it's just you and me, it's still fun. Yeah. yeah th- that is still your mom has a blog podcast party day. Exactly. So, uh, okay. So let me tell you the other thing about riding a roller coaster. That was my, that was, yeah. I kicked something down here. Uh, there actually is, whenever you're going to teach kids to ride a roller coaster, there is a particular way you have to teach them to physically ride the roller coaster. Yes. All right. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. There was a time in my life where I did not really go to theme parks that much. I went a lot when I was younger. Um, and then, you know, when, 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 you, when you're maybe in your 20s and 30s, or especially when you don't have kids... Like, theme parks are way down there on the list of things you want to do. Like, you want to do stuff like go to a nice restaurant. You want to do stuff like go on a vacation. 
There's lots of different things we want to do. Then when you get kids, you kind of like, well, we should go back to Six Flags. Yeah. So we started theme parking it again, you know, after Adelaide was born. And I will be honest, I forgot how to ride a roller coaster. Yeah, you started thinking you were too old. I started thinking I was too old to ride them. I thought, what? I never hurt like this. And then, then I got on a roller coaster with this guy, and and he was saying this, "Oh man, you got to go with the coaster." Remember that guy? Yeah. He was like my. That was was like. That was one of the most interesting experiences to watch. Chad finding his soulmate in the line at Six Flags. They instantly loved each other, <laughs> and they were bonding over knowing how to ride a roller coaster. It was kind of like a We Are the World moment or like Ebony and Ivory because yeah. he was like a, a black guy, and I was like a really white nerd. He was really cool, and he was uh, – was he like in the military or something? I don't remember. He was like this really cool, strong, like good-looking black guy, and there's me, you know, like a pudgy, glasses-wearing whitey, <laughs> and I was like – this. This guy and me, we were like the same dude on the inside. <laughs> like, whatever we started talking about roller coasters, we were like, yes. It was hilarious. Because Chad said the phrase, you've got to go with the coaster. And the guy was like, yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, they were so, it was just. Because I had forgotten how to ride it, and I guess I'd remembered it, and then we were talking about it. It was quite a moment. Yeah, so we, he and I rode it together, I right? should have taken y'all's picture together. Yeah, we rode that coaster. Yeah. We rode the Viper together at, at uh, Fiesta, Texas, yeah. which is a, one of my favorite rides I've ever ridden. That's a, the best roller coaster It's I've a ever wooden been on. roller coaster with a steel track that goes upside down, which that's that's got a lot of different things going on with it. But that guy, oh my! I I wish I wish we lived in the same town because I could tell we would be best friends. But for that shining moment on the Viper, it was like we were, you know, our hearts were joined together by a steel track roller coaster. Yeah, uh, it was, it was really awesome. Something. Yeah. So you. Well, so how, what do we mean by go with the coaster? Let me try to describe how you need. Sometimes they'll tell you, you know. Keep your head back. That's fine. Keep your head back against the headrest, but do not try to keep your head from moving. The way you get hurt on a roller coaster is you don't is you try to remain rigid while it's going through the motions. Right. Do I understand that? Don't be rigid. You got to be loose. Okay. So the first thing I do when I when I'm in when I first get to the park, um, this is real practical stuff here, and you're not going to get this on any other podcast. What you want to do, especially if you're over about the age of 35, what you want to do when you get there and you get in line for the first, first roller coaster, you got a little time, okay, it's warm-up time, what you need to do is you need to stretch. Now, you might think, I'm going to look like an idiot stretching. Trust me, it's going to pay off later. Just give some neck stretches, do some leg stretches, make sure you stretch out your back, just any kind of stretching that you think you need to do to get loose, get loose. Then get inside that roller coaster car. I mean, do you, all, do you ever feel weird when I start doing my stretches? No, I find it entertaining. You've got some good 80s aerobics moves. Yeah, I always try to work in, like, picking cotton. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the one where you put your head over. What do you call that one? Where you, you like, lean over and do your hand over your head. And I don't then, know and what that's you, called. Then you do the other way. That really, that really gives you a good stretch on the, on the side there and your shoulders. So I'd, I'd work in some, you know, Jane Fonda. Yeah. Jane Fonda 80s workout. And then uh, work my neck. Uh, work my arms, get good and loose. Then when you get into the car, uh, you know, remember, just remind yourself, go with the coaster. So what I mean by that is 
I pretend in my mind when the coaster's going that I'm steering it with my head. So when I see a big turn coming, I lean into the turn before the turn. So that way, whenever we make the turn and we come out of the turn, my head's already there. Then that when I see the next genius, then I go with the next. So I'm I'm constantly moving my body and my head the direction the car is about to go, and that way, when the car does go that way, it catches up with my body, and I'm and I'm I'm loving going with the coaster. It doesn't affect me at all. I don't get dizzy. I don't feel like I'm being jerked around because I'm in control. Okay, and at least in my mind, because I can see where the track's going. And you can do this on a ride where your feet are hanging down. You can do this on just a regular uh, tubular roller coaster with train cars. Anything. Go with the coaster. But you've got to teach your kids this because they will get jerked around by those roller coasters. So teach them to go with the coaster. And, And nothing pleases me as a father more. Well, probably a lot of stuff actually does, but I'm just going to say on a roller coaster, I love looking up and seeing when I'm sitting behind the kids and they want to ride it together is when I see their little heads anticipating the turns. (laughs) And I think, you're doing a good job, Daddy. What a legacy. Daddy, you are doing a good job teaching these kids to fight. They're loving it. They're fighting their fears. They're going with the coaster. You set them up for a life of, of loving having fun at amusement parks. It's amazing. And you know what else is awesome? The pictures. Most of these roller coasters will take a picture of you at some point. So yeah. If you can get in a coaster with your kid, and, and then when they know where the cameras are, you can get some good shots. <laughs> we probably have a lot of good shots like that. We do. That you can check out. So, teach. So what? So what would be the um, the, the wrap up here? Wrap up. I think the ultimate wrap-up, despite your very detailed description of how to ride a roller coaster. <laughs> just telling you. I just didn't want to leave that part out. There's how to ride a roller coaster, and then there's how to ride a roller coaster. The the ultimate takeaway is help your kids to face their fears. And also, you know, don't stop facing your own fears either. Right. If you are not much of a roller coaster person and you haven't tried to ride one in 20 years... I mean, just go try it. Unless you might gonna, surprise yourself. And, le- and, and, and let's look forward to Six Flags Your Mom Has Blog Party Day, unless you're someone that throws up easily. Now that you know Chad's tried and true techniques. I will teach you. Then you're set. I'm kind of like Mr. Miyagi of roller coasters. Wax on. Wax on, wax off. All, All right. right. Well, this has been a fun one. And, and you know, probably no, I, you know, our lowest numbers are Friday night numbers. It's just the reality of it. Yeah. So if this has been a total waste of time, I'm glad most of you didn't listen. Because most people on Friday nights have things to do. They're not listening to us talk. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a great weekend. Have a great Mother's Day. So to call your mom. Hey, we're going to talk to them tomorrow and on Mother's Day. So oh, yeah. it's a little premature. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. So, hey, I hope you're gearing up like we are for Mother's Day. I wrote my sermon today for Mother's Day. Yeah. It's got a special tribute to mom in it. It's going to be a good one. I hope it'll make everyone cry. I'm sure. I cried writing it. You did? I did. I teared up. Oh, my goodness. So. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.